Hi guys, my name is Gabby and welcome back to another episode of the Everything Lovely Podcast. Sorry, I've been kind of busy last week so I wasn't able to make an episode. Plus, I didn't really have any like quiet time alone in the house, you know. With a family of five, it's kind of difficult to record some podcasts because it could be quite noisy in the house. But I do have time today, so I'm making up for it. I'm not going to make any broken promises, but I am reaching for two episodes this week to kind of make up for the one that I didn't do last week. But, but, we're not sure yet, so we'll have to see. But this one is coming out for sure because I'm recording it right now. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about college applications. Now, I've been kind of like avoiding this topic just because it kind of annoys me like the college application is really annoying and last year it was just I don't know it was just so annoying it was kind of like a burden on my shoulders and it was not something that I wanted to talk about nor is it something that I want to talk about now however a lot of you guys have been asking me to make an episode for college applications giving some tips about it and so I decided, you know what, whatever, I'll just do it. I did, I was like a college freak. Um, my sophomore, junior, and somewhat of my senior year. And there are a lot of things that I realized, which I'm going to share today too, along with the tips. But um, yeah, so let's just kind of like get into it. And then I'll probably, you know what, I'll probably talk a little bit about my like transcript and stuff like that and my resume well not really resume but whatever like the activities that I did during high school as well um and for those of you guys who don't know I will be attending Stony Brook in literally a week like a week um move-in day is on the 16th it is the 9th right now when I'm recording this tomorrow is probably going to be when the episode releases on a Wednesday obviously but yeah, moving days in a week and I'm so excited. Um, next week, oh my gosh, guys, I have to think of when I could record when I'm in my dorm. Okay, you know what? That's gonna be a problem for later. But uh yeah, maybe when I move in I'll do an episode about like dorm stuff. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. But um okay, I kinda like rambled a little bit and went off tangent but okay let's get into the college tips because that's what you guys are here for so i just wanted to start off by saying whatever college that you get into is totally perfect and if you decide not to go to college that's totally great too you know the college that you go to at the end of the day does not matter if you are a, a person who dreams big and wants to go to an ivy league amazing if you don't make it in that's totally okay it just wasn't for you if you're the type of person who would rather go to a community college and save money totally smart it's up to you you know whatever college you get into and if you decide to go to college or not it's totally up to you and i'm sure that you will make the correct decision at the end of the day as long as you get to your goal it doesn't really matter how you get there and really what matters is Again, like you getting to your goal, meeting the people on the way and your experiences. And every college has, you know, the same education. So it's up to you to make these smart decisions. And it's up to you to determine whether or not you're going to enjoy your time in college. So without further ado, I feel like I said this three times. We're going to get right into it, blah, blah, blah. But we're actually going to get into it now. The first tip that I got 
in every video that I watch, in every podcast that I watched about getting into college when I was a college freak. Ooh, sorry if you heard that. That was me. I, I was like, I was talking while I was moving my hands around because that's how I talk and I literally just brushed my entire arm into the blinds. So sorry if you heard that. But the number one tip that I hear in every college video, in every podcast is to be pointy and not round. Now, whatever do I mean by that? What I mean is have like a common topic that you center all of your extracurriculars, your awards, your internships, your jobs, your courses, your volunteer work. Have a certain topic that you center all of those things around. Now, it's great to be well-rounded, but it's better to be pointy. So let me give you an example, okay? If you are into medicine, you want to do as much as you can surrounding probably the STEM area or the sciences and the maths because that's what medicine is kind of, you know, surrounded by. So maybe you would want to join the science club and then you would do the science and engineering fair and win awards there, okay? And then maybe you would volunteer at a hospital and do an internship with a local doctor and your courses would be like by all in high school if you can choose your courses you would go towards like biology, physics, chemistry, psychology, calculus, the you know, the sciences and the maths. So that's what you would kind of want to center yourself around. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily coincide with your profession. If you are passionate about art or like okay, you know what? Music might be a better example. If you're passionate about music, you did music all four years, okay? You're in chorus and you're in orchestra. You're also good at a, at a certain inter- instrument and you joined the jazz band too on your free time. Outside of school, you sing for your church. You have been in various singing competitions. You volunteer by being a piano teacher. And you have won various awards um, relating to music. You have performed at a certain music hall. And you've done all of these things music related. And to top it all off, your essay is somewhat about music and your passion for it. And we'll get into essays a little later. That is what I mean by pointy. It's great to be well-rounded, yes. But... Being pointy and having a specific passion is better. Colleges like to have students, well, (laughs) look at me speaking for colleges, no, but, you know, it's been shown that colleges prefer students who have a certain goal or aspiration. Aspiration? Was that the right word? I don't know. But, yeah, um, it's better that you are focused on one area and you are excelling in it, then for you to dabble around in one thing and another thing and another thing and being semi-okay with it. 
because you're not going to go everywhere. You're you're well-rounded. Yes, that's great. You're good at a little bit of everything, but it's better if you choose one thing and go straight for it. So the next tip that I have for you guys is to start a passion project. And this kind of goes with the be pointy, not round kind of thing. So what is a passion project for those of you guys who are confused? A passion project is basically taking something that you're very passionate about, whether it be, again, science, music, being an advocate, community service, whatever the case may be, and then turning it into like a little side project for yourself. It's something that you find fun and it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like, you know, something that you have to work for. Well, obviously, every passion project requires a certain amount of work depending on what your passion project is. But it doesn't feel like work when you're doing it because you're passionate about what you're doing. So I will give you an example of a passion project. And surprise, surprise, my passion project is a thing that you are listening to right now, this podcast. This podcast started off as my passion project now for those of you guys who are just joining hi welcome um i actually started a podcast with my friend for those of you guys who don't know it was like i don't know at least one in the morning and we were on facetime together and we were trying to find passion project ideas or like volunteer work or internships that we could have done because this was like the peak of covid and we couldn't go out anywhere right so we were looking for online things and she was like you know i had to make a podcast as a project for i believe it was a push or something like that for those of you guys who don't know that's ap united states history and you know what i feel like i've told this story so many times if you know this story already you can skip through it i feel like yeah, this is probably like the third or fourth time. But anyway, yeah, she was like, I had to make a podcast. And we're like, we can make a podcast. And she was like, I know there's this one podcast and it's Teenager Therapy. Um, and they talk about like their issues and their problems and they give advice and stuff. And we could do that. And I was like, yeah, we could do that. So that's that was my first experience for a podcast. It didn't really work out. But I started my own, which is this one. And, um, so my, okay, we'll get into my stats a little bit later, like my extracurriculars later, but basically my main, like, theme for all of my activities was advocacy. So I started the podcast as a way to give advice, kind of, and be an advocate for other people. And it was also something that I enjoyed. So it wasn't, it didn't feel like a chore. It was something that I liked to do and something that I was passionate about. So a podcast is one great idea for a passion project. Another thing that you could do is start like a blog maybe. I used to have a blog. It didn't really work out. I wasn't too passionate about it. But um, yeah, you can have a blog. Um, You can have a nonprofit organization is also a way to start a passion project. There was this one girl that I was watching on YouTube. She wrote a book because she was super passionate about, I think, economics or something. So she wrote and published a book. Um, Another idea. Like, there are so many things that you could do with passion projects. Like, 
it really is like um it really is up to you and it's super like it's a fun way to make sure you don't not do anything that was so confusing but it's a way to a pass time it's a great hobby b it'll keep you on your toes so you can get used to kind of like doing multiple things at the same time so um they'll teach you like organization skills and being very um what's it called consistent with what you do um something about me is i usually like to start things and i'm super pumped and super excited and then I, like, tend to lose interest and stop. Um, I did this a lot with my podcast. I'm pretty sure you could tell. But, like, I would record an episode or something, and then it would get kind of boring for me. And then I would not record until months later. So I'm still working on this consistency factor of my passion project. Obviously, it's turned into something more than just a passion project. Um... But yeah, but one thing to keep in mind, and this not only goes for passion products, but everything that you do, whether it be in school or like something to build up your resume, is to not do it just for college. Like don't do something just to show that you did something, you know? So if you're not super passionate about, um, what's it called? If you're not super passionate about podcasting and you say, oh, Colleges are going to love it because it's a passion project. Don't do it because you're, A, you're not going to be happy doing it. B, when you, like, um, kind of put yourself, if you, okay, how can I explain this? Let's say you talk about, like, podcasting or something in your essay or during your interview. You can tell when somebody is lying. Like, they, they can tell if you are lying, if you are fibbing something, if you're doing it just to make it sound like you're doing it because you want to sound better wait that was wrong no they could tell if you're saying something just to make yourself sound better okay so don't do something just because you think it's gonna look good on a resume so this goes for passion projects and courses and um whatever you don't want to make a fake version of yourself and for that college to accept you to find out that it's not a good fit You know, you may think you want to be in a certain college, but if you don't have the aspects that they're looking for, then it might just not be a great fit. And that's something that you can't control, and it's something that we all have to live with, and we have to be okay with that, you know? And maybe you can find yourself in a better college or a different college that kind of offers things that you will enjoy, okay? I hope that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense, but... Um, to find the perfect fit, you have to be very honest in whatever you do, okay? So don't just start a passion project because you think it'll look good. My next tip is for you to immerse yourself in things that involve leadership. Now, being a leader means a lot of other necessary qualities that you have to possess because some people just can't be leaders because they have difficulty with working with other people or listening to other people and cooperating but if you're a leader it shows that you can work your way around certain differences and listening to other people you know like let's say your student body president you don't want your student body president to make every single decision based on what benefits them you know you want them to be able to work with other student government government members and be able to consider 
consider many different ideas and consider what the rest of the student body needs and wants and they make their decision based off of multiple things and not just what they think is best so being a leader kind of shows those qualities and don't just be a leader in anything be a leader in again things that surround your theme so if you are a science person I guess and you have been taking multiple science courses and things like that um you could join clubs like science bowl and you could be the science bowl leader (laughs) and then you can be the president for the science research club or whatever you know like surround yourself or immerse yourself in these leadership opportunities and it doesn't necessarily have to be like with other people too if you just show that you are the type of person to take initiative and get things going like that works too if you're involved in your community and you stick up for your community and things like that that shows qualities of leadership and that's something that you could write about in an essay or that's something that you could write down in your additional information section we're going to get into that a little bit later too But try to, again, I feel like I've said this multiple times, but immerse yourself in different leadership, um, leadership activities. So my next tip is to get involved with the community. Community service, volunteer work is amazing. It shows that you not only care about yourself, but you care about your community as well. Sometimes it's annoying to say, yes, I can help out with this and that, because a lot of the times we like to keep the time that we have for ourselves you know but if you take the time out of your day to be a good citizen and you help out other people and you donate and you organize during food drives and you know you're the type of person to give out this and that during whatever whatever the events may be for your community like if you're doing community service it is like super important and it's such like a good It not only makes you feel good on the inside, but, like, it helps other people feel good as well. And it also looks good on you, too, for your college application. Now, again, this is super duper important. Don't just do community service because you think that... Sorry, I'm just adjusting my microphone if you hear that. But um, don't just do community service if you think it's going to make you look good on your college application. If you're not doing community service out of the good of your heart and because you don't want to, like, you don't really care about these food drives or gift drives or coat drives, whatever, and you're just doing it because you think it'll look good, like, really, what's the point of doing community service, you know? Like, again, do something that you enjoy and do something that you keep your heart true to, okay? So, yeah, community service is a great thing to do as well. My next tip is to never be doing nothing, okay? What does that mean? Um, I'll give you an example. Over the summer, you have like about two, almost three, no, you have like two months of no school, all right? So you don't want to spend your two months just doing nothing at home. You need to do something. And that could mean joining a program, like applying for a program and doing it over the summer. It could mean working. 
It could mean doing community service. Um, if you have a hobby, doing that, working on a passion project. Just don't be doing nothing. Don't be doing nothing. Don't... Whatever. Um, but yeah, don't not do anything. Um, there are so many different um, summer programs that you can do. You just have to find them. And a lot of the applications open usually in December-ish, November maybe. Actually, no, they might open a little earlier. It depends on the program, but a lot of them are due in like December, January, February, maybe even March. And they open a little bit earlier. So hop on those in the beginning of the year. Um... Make sure that you're writing really good essays. Once you write like one or two essays, you can reuse those essays and kind of change them based on the prompt. And it'll also be a good way for you to start getting used to the way applications work so that when you have to apply for college, you're not su super surprised about how like it works. Like you just have to put your information on there. And you have to write your essays and stuff like that. So that's kind of how the college application process works. But if you're starting early with summer programs, your junior year or sophomore year or whatever, then that works too. Also, some of these programs require letters of recommendation. So I would suggest that you ask for them as soon as you can. Um, because I'm sure a lot of teachers are going to be working with um, working on other recommendations for college people. All right. So, yeah, main tip, never be doing nothing. Um, if you are working, that works too. At least you're not doing nothing. You're working, you're making money. And that is, in fact, something that you could put on your application if you want to. Um, there, you could write an essay about it or something. Um you can add it in your additional information section. If you're volunteering or interning, that also works as well. So just make sure that you're doing something. You're keeping yourself occupied. Also, it's a great way to stimulate your brain because over the summer, if you're not doing work, it's going to be difficult for you to adjust your senior year. All right. So that's something that you can add in your application, just like doing the stuff that you did over the summer instead of you know, allowing your brain to basically rot before your senior year or before the next school year. So my next tip has to do with letters of recommendations. So you're going to need letters of recommendation. What's best is for you to ask re for recommendations from teachers who have seen you improve and don't it's not a great idea to get letters of recommendations from teachers from like your freshman year or your sophomore year because you could have changed completely from that time now my letters of recommendation were from one teacher who has known me who have known me whatever who's known me since my sophomore year and I've met her in middle school as she was looking at a project that I made for a STEM fair or a science fair, whatever. And so, yeah, I had her my sophomore year. And then I also had her for AP my junior year. 
So she has seen me throughout at least like two years. And I think like there's something about going from sophomore year to junior year. I feel like that's kind of the in-between years where you're kind of like, whoa, I actually have to focus on things that are important. You know, I'm like in the real world kind of realization. So I think that was good too. Um, You could also ask for recommendation letters from... Um, oh, there was another teacher I had my freshman year, and then I had her again for senior year for AP, and she was also my student government advisor, so she knew me kind of outside of the classroom, so she knew more of my personality. Don't ask for a recommendation from a teacher who doesn't really know you, A, and B, don't ask for a recommendation from a teacher who had you like your freshman year and that's it. Like, get somebody who has seen you improved, and they can write about that. If you're with somebody, like, a teacher that you're not really, like, close to, some teachers will actually write bad recommendations about you. And that's not something that you want to do with your recommendations. Also, choose teachers who teach the subject that is most similar to either the profession, the profession that you want to do in the future or most similar to the theme of your application. So again, we'll stick with the science one. So if you are more of like a sciencey type of person, you would probably want an application from maybe your bio teacher and your math teacher. You don't want to get a recommendation from a chem and bio because that's kind of like the same. Well, it's not really the same, but it's like two sciences. You kind of want to branch out a little bit. Okay, so you can do that. Or if you are, let's say, um, like a music person, you could get a recommendation from your orchestra teacher. And you can also get a recommendation from maybe like one of your um, core classes teachers. So like maybe like English or something like that. I don't know. And then... uh, yeah, like, just branch out. And now, it doesn't exactly have to be related to whatever you're doing, but it's just, like, a suggestion and what I hear a lot. Um, if you know a teacher that you've been close to and they've seen you improve and um, they've known you through the years and it has nothing to do with whatever you're doing or it has nothing to do with your, um, what's it called, your thingy, your your theme that's totally fine too. Now, some teachers um, will ask you to write a recommendation and all they'll have to do is send it in. Or some teachers will allow you to read the recommendation letter that they wrote for you. But I would try to avoid that. Um, Try not to look at the recommendations. I know, I know. We all want to know what our teachers say about us, especially in our recommendations and especially if they're being submitted to our dream colleges. But try not to. Also, um, wave your right. Um, and you're going to see like a little section on your Common App, kind of. Or your Naviance, whatever you use to apply for college. And um, it's going to ask you if you wave your right. So basically, it's saying like, do you say that you will not read the application so they will send it in and you will not see it okay but if they send it in and you don't waive your right then you will be able to see their application their um 
their uh what's it called no not their application their um letter of recommendation and the reason why you want to waive your right is because you want to make your recommendation seem reliable if you don't waive your right then it's basically communicating to colleges that you read what your teacher wrote and you could have influenced what they wrote so let's say they wrote something that you're not exactly happy with then you could basically tell them hey i don't like this can you change it so it's not their true letter of recommendation and colleges you know it's better to just wave your right and not read the letter of recommendation um also you don't have to get recommendations just from teachers so you could get letters of recommendations from your principal from I think your guidance counselor has to do one regardless, but your principal, your assistant principal, your sports coach, your piano teacher, you could do it from the community center um, person. You can get a letter of recommendation from anyone. There's also one where your friend can write it, but I don't know how that works. So I don't know if I would suggest getting a letter of, re- of recommendation from your friend but it is doable now for some college essay tips so for those of you guys who don't know college essays are probably one of the most important things in your college application and not gonna lie it's so much more important than your gpa or your like sat scores or act scores not that those aren't important but It kind of shows the character that you are. Now, it's easy for somebody to be the valedictorian of the high school. It's easy for you to get a 4.0 GPA. It's easy for people to do all of these activities. But your essays and your extracurricular activities are probably like super duper important as well as your interview. Well, not really your interview actually, but more of like your college essay. Because it shows the type of person that you are, your personality. Like, you can be super smart and have an amazing GPA, but you could be a robot. And what do I mean by robot? Like, you could be emotionless. You could be, like, I don't know, like, a complete meanie. It's so much better. Like, colleges would rather have a student who has a personality and is passionate about a certain issue and you know is more pointy instead of round than a student who has straight A's because it's easy to find a student with straight A's and also it kind of depends on your teacher as well like your teachers could literally give you like straight A's they don't know how the grading systems at your school works so yeah it doesn't exactly like matter Plus, it also depends on the students in your school. Um, If you don't get amazing grades, but nobody at your school gets amazing grades, then it might not be the fault of the students. It could be the fault of the teachers. They could just be bad teachers. So, you know, grades could be, they can, you know, change. They're kind of relative, like, you can't really compare those, but what you can compare is more like, how involved you are in school and like what you write in your college essay so i feel like i could go on and on about college essays because there's just so many different tips 
Um, you could also watch them on YouTube if you'd like. Um, I'm just gonna go into like some of the more important things and kind of break it down. Well, not like totally break it down to the point where it's like an hour more, but I'm gonna break it down um, a tad for you guys and give you the most important tips, as I said again, so that it's not like super long. But yeah, there's so many different YouTube videos and even TikToks that you can find um, that can help you write college essays. And so one tip about writing college essays is make it yourself, you know, like you, 15 minutes is all the time that a college admissions officer takes to look at one's application. You have to wow them in your application. And this goes for not only your essays, but like your extracurriculars and everything else as well. Okay? So if you have 15 minutes, your essay has to be memorable. They are reading like hundreds of essays a day. It's so easy to just be like, yeah, this one is like the other one, you know? And yeah, it's kind of annoying because one admissions officer might take a certain essay um, in a way that's, like, moving to them, and then another could read the exact same essay, and it's, like, nothing special. That's just how it's gonna be, but you want to make sure that your essay is, like, um, good for you, like, you are proud of your essay. It's something that you want to talk about. It kind of shows who you are as a person, and then also kind of, um, yeah, you just want to show the admissions officer who you are as a person in this essay. And you also don't want to be, like, too cliche. Like, a lot of people write essays about, like, how they overcame something. Or they'll be like, I used to be super shy and then I came out of my shell. Or it'll be like, um, I'm trying to think, like, we went to, I, I was at a soccer tournament and we thought we were losing, and then at the end of the day, we won. And that taught me sports sportsmanship. Like, those are cliche essays. Make it about you. It doesn't have to be you bragging about your accomplishments. That's not the time, and that's not, well, the place in your application to brag about your accomplishments. You could slick, stick a few of them in there um, and, like, kind of bring it up. Like, if you're a music person, you could talk about music, I guess, or whatever if you want to, and then stick a few of your accomplishments in there, but don't be like, I did this, and I did that, and I did whatever, okay, you write, like, write about how it changed you as a person, or something like that, and then also, you want to show, not tell, and that's something that I hear a lot, too, this is another tip, guys, by the way, but um, show, not tell, don't just be like, music changed my life, say something like, well, don't say exactly this and don't take this idea because, like, you know, be yourself. But, like, I could, okay, so I could speak in, from a standpoint where I understand how music changed my life, okay? So you could be like, from the second I heard the sound of the piano, my fingers were, my fingers felt as though they had been, made <laughs> this is harder than i thought okay let's start over let's start over instead of saying music changed my life 
say something like, From the second my hand touched the cold keys of the piano, my fingers started moving as if they had naturally been born to move <laughs> in a way. Wait, okay, you know what? This is just not working. But you know, you know what I mean. I'm showing. I'm showing how I'm really into the moment. I'm showing how my fingers felt like they were born to play the piano. Okay, I could be like the notes in the air filled my heart with a warmth and a comfort that cannot be felt by anything that I cannot feel without anything else. You know what I mean? So try to show and not tell and that kind of gives it more of like a personal feel too because we can all experience one thing it's kind of like a book right you read a book but you could read the same book as everybody but you have a different picture in your mind okay and that's what's so beautiful about books and stuff that you're reading okay your essay is like a book you want to create a picture in the reader's head if you're just gonna say music changed my life well, what do you mean? You know, be specific. That's so broad. That's not specific to you. I could say music changed my life. You know, like that story, that essay could easily be applied to me. How does it apply to you? You have to paint the picture in my head. I don't want, you know, like don't leave too much room for imagination. You know what I mean? Like be specific. That is another tip, by the way. Don't be so broad. Don't be so general. Like make sure your essay is specifically to you like if you write a story that's like a cliche story and everybody like has experienced it at one time or another and like it's a similar story to what this guy has like it's a similar story to this person's story and her story and his story or whatever then I'm not learning much about you you know so that is one um that is something to keep in mind just like make sure it's not like super general and super cliche the next tip um one well this is not really a tip it's more of like a suggestion but i saw this thing and i i don't know if it's called like the a boot story or something like that talk about something and then kind of turn it into something else So, like, talk about something. Okay, here's a great example. I'm sure you guys have probably heard the song Driver's License, right? She talks about her driver's license. It's not, like, a huge, like, it's not a big deal. Okay, it's a license, it's a card, it's a piece of plastic, whatever. But then she starts off with that, and then she slowly tangents off from one thing to another. Tangent story might be the name of it. I don't know why I said boot story. But, um, yeah. So she starts off with her driver's license and then it goes to driving by like, you know, like how her um, significant other should have been there when she got it. And then it turns into the relationship and like how he moved on so quickly. And so you see like it's it's going from one topic to another, but it started off with one simple object that didn't seem like it meant a lot. That's another way to put like give an admissions officer like a peek inside your mind and your life um and to know you like personally you know so that could be a tip if you want to do that too 
Also, another tip is to start off your essay with a hook. And again, it's just like reading a book or watching a movie. If you're watching a movie and the beginning is boring, I don't care how great the middle is or the end of the movie is. If the beginning is boring, I do not want to watch that movie. If I'm reading a book, right, that's like, I don't know, it's it has like a really horrible or dry, boring beginning, I will probably put that book down. Or maybe I'll read a little bit into it, but like it's not going anywhere, so I'm going to put it down anyways. So start off with a hook, get your reader interested, and be like, oh, that's interesting, I want to know more, I want to read more. So ways that some people have... Um, done this apparently is by writing like dialogue or starting right into the thing like usually when you write things we're so we're so programmed and like we're taught to kind of build up when we're writing essays um or uh like uh like research papers we're taught to yes have like a leading statement or whatever in a hook but then like you have to give background information and then go into it little by little and then provide like evidence or whatever like that's like a normal like essay whatever it's like building up start right at the climax or something like that or have like a little bit of a build up like start in an interesting way that will hook your readers or at least readers I'm saying as if like you're writing a book but like hook your admissions officer into wanting to know more um, because that is, you know, one way to make your essay more memorable. Again, remember, 15 minutes for your entire application. They are skimming through your essay. Um, and they are reading hundreds. Like, you have to stand out. Another big thing is talk normally. Like, don't use super huge, like, gigantic words. If you are not the type of person to use gigantic words in your everyday speaking. Don't put it in your essay because that's not you. Most of the time, people can tell if you're just searching up synonyms for this and then you'll just choose the biggest word and just like plugging it in there, you know? So make sure that it's you. It's authentic. It's how you would talk. And, um, well, obviously don't put, like, slang words in there. Like, don't be, like, too crazy about it and be, like, yo, (laughs) no cap, (laughs) you know, whatever. But, like, don't add, like, like, crazy slang words either. Like, keep it professional. Another tip is to make sure you check your grammar. One typo might probably be okay, but if your entire essay is riddled with typos and stuff like that, It's going to give the impression that you didn't really care. So if somebody gives me, like, if I'm like, hey, do you mind, like, doing this for me? And they do, like, a sloppy job of doing it, then you could tell that this person did not really care about what you asked them to do. So if you are handing in an essay with a lot of grammatical errors spelling errors and it's not like one or two that you could have possibly like missed it's like the entire essay has them then (laughs) 
<laughs> it's gonna look like you didn't care and the admissions officer is gonna be like well this person definitely you know doesn't really care they didn't really put that much work into their essays so we can give it to a another person who put a little bit more work into applying another tip is to make sure your essay is about you it's very okay there have been many successful essays where they write where people write about like their grandma or their mom or something to that sort but it's kind of difficult because like your mom is not applying to the college you are so it has to be about you the main thing has to be about you your the people in your essay could be like side characters but it has to be about you so be careful about like who you're writing about and i'm trying to think if there are any other tips that i could think of i should have actually written them down but i can't think oh another one make sure your essay is full of meat what do i mean by that that's kind of confusing don't write fluff like don't write words just to fill up the um the word count make sure everything that you say and write has a purpose don't just write it just to write it if you see that it's like I don't know, they're just like filler sentences that mean nothing or it has the same meaning as the sentence previously or like before it or after it, whatever. Feel free to take it out, you know. It's not, um, it's not, um, it's not necessary to keep as many words or like reach the word limit if it's not like something important in your essay. And my last tip because i can't think of anything else is to have maybe like one or two people that you trust to read your essay and to let you know what they think about your essay now obviously don't take anything to heart if you're happy with the way it is then you don't have to change anything you can listen to the suggestions but don't let them determine what you write in your essay it's just kind of like seeing how they perceived your essay kind of now obviously don't base everything off of that but it's nice to hear some input outside of your own brain so yeah (laughs) so that's pretty much it for um college essays if i do think of anything else and this goes for like i feel like i say this goes for a lot but this goes for um a lot of things if i think of anything I will probably like post it post it on the Instagram. By the way, little self promo here. You should follow the Instagram at Everything Lovely Podcast and the TikTok. Same thing at Everything Lovely Podcast for like updates and things like that. Um, I feel a little bit more connected with my listeners on my social media platforms just because it's more of like a um, a closer connection like it's a closer way to contact you guys like you could literally dm me i'll try my best to answer all my dms and my comments so um yeah anyway um the last did i talk about the last tip oh yeah yeah the last tip was to ask like a friend or a family member or something to read your college essay and for them to let you know 
what they think. Um, so I'm just going to give like some general tips about college applications. One is to really research your colleges. Like research the programs that they have to offer. Research the environment. There's so many things to consider when you are choosing a college. And it's basically what's more important to you. So it could be their food. It could be their environment. It could be the weather. It could be the demographics. It could be um, Greek life, like sororities and fraternities. Um, it could be... Um, I don't know, like traditions that they have, events that they have, opportunities they have to offer, professors, classes. Like, there's so many things to consider when choosing a college. Don't just consider the name, which is what I'm trying to say. There are a lot of colleges that I put on my list because of the name of the college and because it was like a prestigious school and I thought I wanted to go there. And then I realized, wait a second, this college is all the way in Texas. Why didn't I know that? I was about to apply for something that I didn't even really know much about. You know, some colleges didn't have a med, uh, a pre-med um, program. They were big on like, I don't know, like computer science or something. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I didn't end up applying. Um... There are some schools that didn't have the demographics that I was looking for. Um, am I even using the right word? Hold on. Let me search it up. But yeah, all the schools that I was looking at, like, I used to have, like, probably a good 20 to 30 schools. Oh, yeah, demographics is the right word. But yeah, I was probably looking at, like, 20 to 30 schools. And when I actually started applying and researching them... I narrowed it down to 15. So really research your colleges. There are also some colleges that have supplemental essays where it's like they have specific questions. Okay, let me tell you about the essays. There's a Common App essay that goes to all your colleges. And it only goes to the colleges that are available on the Common App. So let's say you're applying to like UCLA or UC Berkeley or something. That's a completely different application. So your Common App won't go there does that make sense your common app essay so i believe that's the case but yeah yeah um if you are in new york i think like actually no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding oh wait no 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 i'm not kidding there i think there's some suny and cuny schools that have like specific applications but most schools are probably going to be on the common app and basically you fill out all of your information like your um like your number, like everything, everything that you need. And then you fill out like your extracurricular activities and stuff like that. And you fill out like um, your essay and your scores, like your SAT scores and your APs. Oh, I never spoke about that. We'll get into that too. Um, but, oh man, what what am I even talking about again? Oh yeah, the type of essays. I'm so sorry. I'm so forgetful. Um, the Common App essay, that's one big essay that gets sent out to every school. It could be about anything. I know that one question, a really popular question was like, oh man, what was a popular question? It was talking about like a passion or something. Um, 
yeah, there are, like, different questions, and it comes out, um, over the summer, like, towards the end of the summer, and you would write that, and then they also have each college, well, not each of them, but some of the colleges have supplemental essays, and they're, like, specifically just for that college, so you will write about them, and some of those essays will be, like, why do you want to go to this school? Do your research, and don't just say, I want to go to this school because of their program. Which program? Like, do you have any specific professors? What did you learn about those professors? What did some people say they learned in those classes? Are you excited to work in a lab? Like, be specific about the things that interest you about their school. So, yeah, research your colleges and make sure you really want to go there. Especially if you have to pay for your application. Like, that's annoying. And if you don't have to pay for your application, save your time. Like, don't apply to a college if you really don't feel like going there. Like, if you don't have the energy to apply, then maybe you shouldn't be going there. You know? And also, don't limit yourself from applying, too. Like, if you feel like you really want to go to one school and you're very close-minded about other schools, and then you end up finding out... um that you didn't want to go to that school and you don't, you know, like, you didn't give yourself options, like, you're going to be suffering at the end of the day. So be open-minded about the colleges that you choose to apply to as well. But then also be careful, okay? It doesn't hurt to apply, but don't apply to schools that you don't want to go to because it's a waste of your time. Um, so yeah, research your colleges. And then since we were talking about supplemental essays, if they're optional essays, just do them. Literally, it's just... They're asking to learn more about you, okay? So just give it to them, you know? And it can't hurt seeing you from a different perspective in another essay. But then don't be too, like, don't branch out too much, you know? Like, still be spiky. And then also talk more about yourself. Um, in terms of, like, accomplishments and things like that, which I should have said in the essay portion of this episode... But in terms of, like, accomplishments, um, you don't want to say things in your essay that you already talked about in your common app, by the way. So, yeah. The next tip is to start early. Um, don't procrastinate. Don't write your essays last minute. You don't want to be scrambling. You want to give yourself time to read it over. Think. Be like, wait, I don't like this. Let me change it. Give yourself time. Start early. Start over the summer if you can. You know, you have all this free time. Write essays and then narrow it down. And a lot of the times we could be in like um, like writer's block almost for our essays. But over the summer, like you have all this time. If you start writing like the month before it's due, you're not giving yourself a lot of time um, to think about what you want to do. Um, for your essays so if you end up not liking it then you're gonna have no choice but to submit it you know so start early and also don't like um I said procrastinate already but don't um don't feel like don't be too relaxed okay um but then also don't be like too jumpy about it too like on edge all the time but don't be too relaxed. If you can get it done during that time, get it done. Don't be like, wait, I have like 
three more months, it should be fine. Because that three months is going to turn into two, and then one, and then it's going to be the week before. And then you're going to end up procrastinating again. Um, Something that I did was I went to the library, and I just wrote a whole bunch of essays for hours. Like, hours. And that helped me because I was in the, like, essay writing mood. So, you could do that. I think cafes work, too. But this was... When I was applying, well, was COVID really here? It was still kind of COVID- COVID-ish, you know, season. So I didn't really, like, want to stay in a cafe because people had their masks off and they were, like, um, drinking coffee or whatnot. So that wasn't really for me. Um, but it's I guess it's, like, kind of fun because it's, like, not, like, a super quiet environment. If you go into a cafe, it's perfect because you can go up and get a drink or, like, get a pastry or something while you're working. And, yeah, make sure you turn your phone off or, like, put it face down so you're not distracted either. So you could, like, really be in your essay writing space. Um, when I started, I really didn't want to do it and I was not in the thinking space for writing essays. But once you start writing for a little bit and you're, like, in the hang of it, get the hang of it, then... It kind of starts to become fun when you're writing essays because it's like you have a lot of um, ideas and it just keeps on flowing out and you're like, wait, I need to write this down and I need to write that down. One thing that worked for me was like writing down bullet notes and then just like writing about the bullet notes so I don't forget about what I was writing down. And then I just got like a whole bunch of essays done. And a lot of these questions, like I was talking about with the summer program essays, a lot of these questions from different supplements kind of match up with other colleges supplements so it's easy you could literally copy and paste and change a few words just be careful though because you don't want to be like um i just i want to go to yale because and then you're applying to harvard like be very careful with that as well now there's one very important thing that i forgot to mention when choosing a college and it's how you choose a college based off of your financial situation. So I know we all don't want to be in our late 30s still paying off college debt with an okay job. So one great thing to consider is going to like a community college or a smaller university. So I, let me tell you a little story. I used to be like a super huge like Ivy League, big elite university school type of person that's what I wanted to do and I'm telling you like as somebody who wants to be a doctor in the future and somebody who has to go to med school after undergraduate and then do like residency and stuff like that like I realized that from pre-k to now I'm like not I'm like halfway or not even halfway or somewhat halfway done with my time in school I'm going to be in school for so much longer, especially as um, somebody, a student going in the pre-med track. And so my first four years of undergraduate college, I need to be smart about the way that I handle my money and where I go to college. And so after various discussions with teachers and guidance counselors and students like friends who have been in college before me, I realized that going to a big elite school isn't really, like, super crazy. Like, it wasn't at the top of my list. The top of my list was saving money. 
because this was just undergraduate college. I am going to be spending loads of money in med school and forward. So, um, as I said in the beginning of the episode, I ended up choosing Stony Brook University. And it was great because, like, I was looking at the things that they accepted, like, AP scores, for a lot of you guys who don't know, like, super elite colleges don't really accept AP scores unless they're fives, and, like, a whole lot of them have to be fives, too, um, so, and it's not even, like, a whole lot of credit, but on my AP scores, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna lie, but, like, I didn't really do, like, amazing, I did okay, I did pretty okay, and good-ish, but not, like, elite school good, (laughs) so, I still got credit at Stony Brook. I saved so much money because I finished like certain courses and got credit because of my AP scores. Had I had I gone to like a more elite school, I would not have gotten the credit and I would not have saved the money and I would have to start all over again and the money that I spent on APs was like wasted. The time that I spent wasted. So that's something to consider when you're applying to a school. Also, community college is great too. There are so many stories that I hear of people going to like community college for fir- the first two years or something and then transferring out. It's one way to like build your resume, make more connections, meet new people, and um, just get a better college application in general, fix yourself, turn your grades around, whatever. And these people who went to community college ended up going to, like, elite colleges and saving, like, tons of money. And then at the end of their undergraduate um, experience, their degree was still a degree from the university that they graduated in, which was the elite university or college. So that's one way to go as well. And I you know, I hate when people say community colleges for people who couldn't get into like a bigger college, like it's like a fallback plan. Because in reality, it's just a better like it's so damaging to say that one college was like um like a community college is like not enough. So because, you know, people don't want to put their pride down or like their ego down they don't end up going to community college even though they wanted to to save money so i hate how some people say like community college is bad because it really isn't but um there are so many things to consider like so many good things and bad things about going to a smaller university versus an elite school like something that i've been told um that really changed my life from a teacher when we were discussing college my junior year was um you could be a small fish in a big pond which would be like you being in an elite university or you could be a big fish in a small pond and that would be you going to like a pretty good college and you know excelling and doing amazing and standing out and being the star these smaller colleges want you you know and they might be able to even give you maybe more financial aid or something because you are deciding to go to their smaller college as well. So it's a win-win situation. But really, at the end of the day, like there's so many good things that you can get from going to elite an elite university as well. 
So you have to list out the pros and cons of going to a bigger university or a smaller university um, or even a community college or even considering whether or not college is for you. College is not for everybody. If you are the type of person who thinks that you will not benefit from college, it's just extra debt, then you don't have to go to college. You could go straight to working right after high school. And they like people make it sound like such a bad thing. It's kind of like the same thing as community college, like it's for failures or whatever. But no, if it's not going to work out for you, then you do what's best for you regardless of what anybody else says. So again, make a pros and cons list. And don't let anybody tell you the worth of your decision, like what your decisions and opinions and beliefs are worth um, when it comes to choosing a college. Another tip is to do your FAFSA early. If you don't know what the FAFSA is, it's like a financial aid application that you can do. Do it as soon as it opens. Just just do it, okay? Fill out scholarship application and things like that. You can find so many on like niche.com, bold, on um, scholarships.com. Find scholarships that are available in your area because sometimes if you fill out application uh, scholarship applications, from like bigger organizations it's kind of difficult because there's so many people applying but if you apply to smaller scholarships in your neighborhood in your community it might be a little easier because less people are applying to those so you have a better chance of doing that but it doesn't hurt to write some essays or fill out some no essay applications for scholarships as well Um, make sure you check to see if your college received um, the FAFSA, or if you're doing TAP, make sure that they received it. Make sure that you look or you sign into your um, account to make sure that your college has received all of the necessary materials for your application before you submit or um, before the due date, the, the deadline, I mean. Um, and just make sure that you're on top of everything. If you have supplements, like music and stuff like that, um, or like your resume, don't be afraid to send it. If there are extra essays to write, don't be afraid to write it. Like, don't be afraid to show kind of who you are. Like, don't be afraid to show off, you know? Okay, so that's pretty much it for the tips. If I think of any more, I'll probably add them in whenever I can. But now we're going to get into the stats because somebody had asked me, um or had told me that they wanted to get into Stony Brook and they had asked for my stats. So that's what we're kind of going to get into. And so we could start with my APs, kind of. So um, I took AP Euro, Chem, BC Calc, APUSH, which is U.S. History, um, Psych, Physics, Literature, Government, Microeconomics, and Biology. So my I took Euro my sophomore year, for those of you guys who are wondering. My junior year, I took Chem, BC Calc, APUSH, and Psych. And then my senior year, I took Physics, Literature, Government, Economics, mi- Macroeconomics. Did I say micro before? I meant macro. Macroeconomics and Biology. So, okay, here's a, here's a little tip. It doesn't matter how many... APs you take like the number what matters is you make the most of the opportunities that are given to you because every school is different not every school offers offers all of these APs right 
So, like, one school could offer three APs, and then another school can offer 20 APs. But it's so much better for student A to take three APs at the school with that offers three APs than for student B to only take three APs at a school that offers 20 APs. So make the most of your opportunities is um, a really big tip. So yeah, those were my APs. I did pretty good. Chem was probably like the hardest one, but um, it was it was interesting. I think AP classes are a great, great way for you to get um, credit in college. Um, and it's so much less expensive. Like if you, if any of your AP credits transfer over to your college, then you can save yourself the money and the time that you would have spent um, on a class that you could have taken in high school for so much less. So take as many APs as you can, but then also don't overdo yourself. Like make sure that you can handle it because if you can't handle it, you might just do bad on them and then it just will be a waste of your time if you do that in high school. So yeah. Okay, so my um, activities. So student government has been a big part of my high school career. Um, I was a student class president since sophomore year and then um, I did a junior year and then senior year. Um, I did not do it freshman year, but uh, yeah, it did take a lot of my time, but it overall was really fun because I was able to connect with my grade um, and I was able to host events and plan things and make sure everything went right. Like um, for those of you guys who don't really know me as much, um, I'm kind of like a control freak a little bit and I like to um, run things. I like to make sure that things are going perfectly and um, communicating with other people is something that I like to do in terms of like activities and stuff like that and events. So yeah, student government is pretty fun for those of you guys who are maybe just going into college or something. Go for a student government position. I promise you it will be fun. It may be a little bit of work, but it's totally worth it. And then it's just another great thing that you can add to your application. Um, Next, I was in um, Model Congress. So Model Congress, I've been in for four years. Now, here's another tip that I'm going to add in when it comes to clubs. It's so much better that you do it all four years instead of doing it just your senior year or just your junior year. Like if you show that you are committed to a certain club and you are sticking with it all four years or maybe all three years of your high school career, then it shows that you can be dedicated to something. And bonus points, if all of these um, extracurriculars come together under a certain topic and it shows that you're passionate about a certain topic and so you're immersing yourself in extracurriculars that are kind of similar in a way. So um, try to be in extracurriculars all four years of high school and try to get into leadership positions in them. Um, If you... Like, colleges will know if you join a club your senior year just to put it on your application. They will know. Um, Also, there is a space on your application that will say how long, like, how much time do you spend on this club or something like that. And you could write, like, two weeks, I mean, two hours a week or, like, one hour a week or 
17 hours, like whatever it is, don't lie. <laughs> like if you put that you are spending like 24 hours a week on each of your um, of your extracurriculars and like there's 10 of them, that's just not going to add up because there's not enough hours in the week. Like they will, they won't like necessarily do the math, but they will know when you're lying about it. So just be honest about it. Um, when you're writing down how long you spend in each, um, club. So Model Congress, um, back to that discussion, is a club that I've been in since my freshman year. And I started off freshman year, I was like, eh, it's okay. And then I ended up loving it. It's an amazing club, probably one of my favorites. I'm going to miss it so much. But my junior year, I got the delegate chair position. And then my senior year, I got the general chair which is kind of like the, I guess it's like the equivalent to a president in a club or something like that. But yeah, I worked my way up. I was in that club for four years and I ended up getting the highest leadership position. So that is what you should be ultimately doing when it comes to your clubs. So another club that I was in is Asian American Club. So there were many different culture clubs in my school. There was African American Club. There was Latin American club. There was Hebrew culture club. There was even multicultural club. But there was no Asian American club. So I was like, hmm, that's kind of strange. Which I guess kind of makes sense because there aren't a lot of Asians at my school. Uh, My school is predominantly Hispanic, kind of. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to make an Asian American club. So I spoke to... The principal about creating a club and by the way this is really good if you found a club um but yeah I spoke to my principal and she was like you just need signatures so I made like a little like sign up sheet or something for people who were interested in joining the club they signed it I got a bunch of signatures and then they ran it through the superintendent it was like a long like six months or so of waiting And then we eventually got it. It was like kind of shaky at first, not a lot of members. And then we kind of built it up through the years. Um, When COVID striked, stroke, whatever, um, struck, when COVID struck, it was kind of difficult to get it back on its feet because not many people knew about it. And so we would have to get new members. And a lot of our members were seniors that graduated. So it was really difficult for us, but we eventually, you know, kind of kept it going. Um, I don't know. I hope that it'll be continued throughout the years because they're starting to remove clubs that don't really have a lot of members. But Asian American Club is like my baby. Um, And yeah, so I founded it. I was the founder and the president of Asian American Club. And um, yeah, it's just something that I'm really passionate about. Again, my I don't know if I told you guys actually, but um, earlier in the episode, but my um entire application kind of surrounded around advocacy and so Asian American Club kind of um went with that along with Model Congress because Model Congress is like debate and stuff um Asian American Club is more like culture so it's like advocacy advocacy and speaking up and things like that um so yeah okay um another thing that another club that I was in or you know what, we'll just call it like sport, was uh, volleyball. So I did volleyball all four years of high school. 
Um, and I started off on JV, and then sophomore year I was in JV, and then um, junior year I was on varsity as a captain, and then senior year I was also on varsity as a captain. My sophomore year I was a co-captain, and then my freshman year it was we didn't we didn't really have a captain. It was kind of like all over the place, but. Oh, wait, actually, yeah, I think I was a captain my freshman year. I don't know. But, yeah, so it was just a fun experience. I love volleyball. Um, it's a great way to immerse myself in, like, sports and physical activity and then also getting to meet um, teammates or, like, I already knew them. So getting to know them more and creating a bond, creating trust between us because, you know, you kind of need that to play a sport and um we worked on like cooperation and like helping each other out and coordination and uh, yeah i think a sport is a great way also to spend your extracurriculars or like to do your extracurriculars um so join a sport definitely volleyball is the one that i've been in the most badminton i love badminton but i haven't really been like present um <laughs> my senior year i didn't really do it as much because i'd sprained my knee um, if you listen to currently, previously and currently, um, the update of my life when I took, after I took like a six month break, I spoke about it a little bit on my skiing incident, but yeah, that kind of prohibited me from playing badminton my senior year and junior year. I kind of was not there either because I was in online school. So I didn't put badminton on my application because I was kind of flaky during my four years. But I definitely put volleyball on there. Okay. My, another um, thing that I did was I was a cohort chapter head for the Believe Leadership um, chapter at my school. So I saw that I did this with um, Olympian Sarah Wells, the Canadian Olympian, and she was so nice. She has an organization called Believe Leadership Initiative, and basically they help students all over Canada and in some places around the world start passion projects. So since this was like the peak of online learning, I was like, hey, this is the great time, a great time to kind of get involved with new things and I ended up starting a cohort chapter at my school and so I applied and they were like yeah sure here you go here's the manual here are the instructions this is how you lead the um the stuff or whatever and I was like okay great so I ended up holding or hosting meetings zoom meetings at my school and we all joined some people joined and they created their own passion projects. And we did this for, I believe, eight weeks. And then we ended up having like an inspiration fair, obviously online. And we presented our passion projects that we had to show. And each of these passion projects coincided with each person's passions, obviously. So we had one person who was really into astrology and she did something with astrology and I believe politics, which is something that she's also into, which is really cool. She made a website. Another person wanted to teach Native American, um, a Native American language to people. So he started an Instagram page. There was somebody else who started like a Southeast Asian 
um, informational Instagram, I believe. I'm not sure. Um, we had so many different passion projects, and it was so great to see that some people were really like, you know, trying new things and creating projects off of their passions. And so that also kind of went into the advocacy portion of my application because it was about like, you know, helping out the community, informing other people, creating passion projects. And it was great because I started a new chapter for my school. Um, I did not do it in the fall. I did it in the spring of my junior year. And so I put it in my application and then we just handed it off to the next person to do. So yeah, that was pretty, um, it was a pretty fun thing to do. Um, another thing that I did was I was an intern for my senator, my state senator. And so I was like calling people in the community and helping to schedule COVID vaccinations. Um, I did that for like a month or two. And then for the summer session, I did, I helped some people and called some people about their working benefits and stuff like that. So that was kind of nerve wracking at first because it's kind of difficult for me to talk to people um, that I don't know. Uh, that's why student government is more of my thing because I can easily speak to people in my class and students that I know. I'm easy, I'm better with speaking to people my age, but when it comes to speaking to people older than me, it gets kind of scary. So doing this kind of exposed me to that and kind of helped me to open up to, well, not really open up, but I was able to learn how to communicate with other people in a very professional way. And at the same time, I was helping them and helping out the community. So again, that all just ties into the whole advocacy portion of my um, application. Now, I'm trying to see. I'm looking at a list. Oh, I know. I also, this was also kind of during COVID. I had started a club, the Youth Activists, the Youth Advocates Club. (laughs) And so we just met up. It's, it wasn't really an official club, but I still put it on my application because it was pretty important to me. We met up every week or so, and we discussed current events happening in our community. And so we kind of informed each other. Now, me personally, I wasn't a big, like, I wasn't really aware of certain things until COVID and the whole Black Lives Matter movement began. And so I was like, wow, why am I not paying attention to the news? Why am I not reading about what's going on in the world? Like, I have to be informed. And so after I kind of got into that and kind of became more of like, you know, an outspoken person about my beliefs and I started to learn more and informing myself about things that were happening, I decided this would be a great way or starting the Youth Advocates Club would be a great way to kind of inform other people as well. Now, obviously, there were so many more people who were more involved in, like, politics and things like that and were so much more informed. So it was great to hear some new um, opinions and some new facts about just kind of the world and everything that was happening from my peers. And it's really like, wow, you never know how much you can learn. And so starting this club was... A very interesting way to kind of communicate with each other even if it was on the screen and online 
so it never really became an official club and um it kind of sucks because we would it would be a whole process trying to you know the whole thing with the Asian American club I would have to get signatures and then I would have to find a teacher who would be willing to do it and then we have to have a steady amount of members and um it would just be kind of difficult to maintain but I still did put it on my application because it did this club really did like mean a lot to me and it was um yeah it was just a very important club for me because we all decided to speak out and again like my school is full of very liberal um liberal individuals very outspoken and um intelligent individuals so it was nice to hear everybody's um the way that everybody uh interpreted certain things and their beliefs and opinions and also hearing the facts from them as well I was also in a few other clubs that I didn't put on my application as well. So there was like FHA that I did for like a year. And that was kind of like a cooking, home and careers kind of class. Um, I did the yearbook club, which is just for your senior year. Um, I did National Honor Society, which is just for your senior year too. And um, the Mental Pablum, which is basically, like, the newspaper for the school. And um, I'm trying to think, what else did I do through the years? Oh, uh, I used to be an orchestra, right? But then I kind of had to drop it my junior year or, like, the middle of my junior year because I wanted to take two sciences instead of um, orchestra. Actually, you know what? I took AP Physics. I mean, uh, psychology, so I don't know if that's really considered a science, but whatever. So I used to be in orchestra, and I used to be part of the um, the honor string ensemble and um, the, oh, what is it called? The, there was like a, like a string committee kind of thing that we made decisions for everybody. It wasn't Triam, but yeah. And then I ended up having to leave because of that. Um, and I used to be in jazz band as well, but I didn't really like it. And so basically, like, these are, like, kind of the clubs that I w participated in and didn't um, report on my application. But that kind of goes to show, like, when you're in high school, have fun exploring as well. Like, try to figure out which clubs are for you, which ones you enjoy, which ones you don't. Um, I did debate for, like... A meeting or two and I ended up not liking it and that's why I joined model congress instead so there is a perfect example of how I tried something and I didn't like it and then I tried another thing and try to figure out like if I liked it or not and I ended up liking it so um yeah now of course of course I had to put my podcast on there and yeah, I put my podcast on there because it was my passion project and something that I love to do. Um, I kind of don't want to get into it too much because I feel like I spoke about it a lot. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't. I actually don't have the stuff right in front of me, um, the things that I put on my application right in front of me. But I do have my LinkedIn, <laughs> um, so I'm looking at it right now. 
um, of the activities that I did. Now, also, for in terms of, like, volunteer work, I was a math tutor at my school. Well, it was more of, like, a math mentors program, and so I helped um, mentoring other students in math for Algebra 1, Geometry, Trig, and Pre-Calc. And then I also volunteered in my church. Like, I sing songs, and I play the guitar and violin, sometimes the piano. Um, I do the acolyte, and I do readings and stuff like that. And then I also help out with, like, um, I help out uh, the organizations within my church um, when it comes to, like, organizing and, like, donations and special events and stuff like that so yeah now there's also a place where you can put your awards so some awards that I won or obtained was the um, AP scholar with distinction award which is like having an average score of like 3.5 on the AP exams whatever Um, or of at least a 3.5 average whatever Um, I won a silver medal at the Long Island Math Fair. Um, I was a gold medalist at NISMA for piano. I won the first place uh, Medical Marvels Presentation Award at, um, there's this, like, it's this thing at, like, Northwell Health or something like that. So, yeah, I won that with my group. And then, um, what else I'm trying to see? I I don't remember if I included any of my Model Congress awards. I can't, I don't remember. But yeah, if you got into a summer program that is very prestigious, and I don't know if I said this before, but if if you got into one, but you didn't do it because... Um, maybe like you couldn't afford it or maybe you just weren't interested anymore or whatever. Just getting in alone is like a huge accomplishment. Especially if like the acceptance rate is like 5% or something. So if you got in, you could even put that in your additional information section or even like on your award section if you would like. So you can do that as well. Um, Oh, I never spoke about my GPA. So my GPA was like, It was, oh man, what was it? Okay, my GPA was 100.78. So we didn't do rankings at my school, but I did end up becoming the valedictorian. I actually did not expect it, but I'm very thankful that I did become um, the valedictorian. So yeah, but do remember that like your GPA doesn't, it's not like a huge deal. Like it's not a big deal. It's more of your personality again and um, the activities that you do and how much you participate in school. So, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. What else? Oh, I can talk a little bit about my essays. So, my essays, um, oh man, I don't even remember what I wrote. Well, I kind of wrote more about, like, my passion. I wrote about my podcast and my Common App, Common App essay and spoke a little bit about my culture and tied it in with advocacy and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, I spoke about, like, Asian American Club and some of my essays So each essay kind of had to do with advocacy a little bit and then it kind of gave a little bit of an inside look on my personality as well. So that's what I tried to do when it came to um, writing my essays. But then again, I'm telling you guys, start your essays early. Start it early. Start it over the summer if you can. Um, It's August. Start it now if you're the class of 2023. But uh, yeah. 
So I can't I I can't think of anything else to talk about. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, if you have any questions, again, feel free to reach out at the everything or at everything lovely podcast on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, I will try my best to respond. I'll post it on my story if you want any updates. You can go follow those pages. Let me know what you think. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that these tips were helpful. Um, um, what's it called? It was very difficult for me to do my application because it was kind of scary at first and overwhelming. But I'm sure you'll do just great. And remember, whatever college you get into is amazing as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you guys tune into the next episode. Bye, guys. (laughs) 